Welcome to Bat Therapy, exploring your favorite comic book characters through the lens of clinical psychology. Be a fly on the wall or a bat in the cave, listening in on a friendship built out of a love for talking Batman, comics, and the everyday struggle to achieve mental health and happiness. We're your hosts, clinical psychologist Dr. Amelia Brown and comic enthusiast and nerd aficionado Keaton Hopkins. This podcast is about providing education and understanding, and it's not a replacement for mental health treatment or support. If you're needing help, go to bat-therapy.com for resources. Okay, so let's talk Alfred. I'm not going to lie, I was super stoked to talk about Alfred. I love him so much. Yes, we're done with villains now. No more villains. (laughs) Villains was so last week. (laughs) Old news old news time for some heroes and uh stand standby characters standby is that the word stand sure why support. not it's our podcast we can call them what we want hero support staff <laughs> hero support staff there you go right you know what i love about alfred though is like he is support staff but he is like the most badass of support staff you could ever have absolutely so the original alfred was just a butler yeah he seemed pretty worthless from what i i haven't read those comics but from what i've read about it so his original alfred's dad took care of the wayne family and the dad was like i want you to follow in my footsteps and also take care of the waynes and he shows up at bruce and dick's uh house at wayne manor and he's like let me be your butler and they're (laughs) like they never really thought it was a great idea, but they were like, sure, okay. And then... Why one, not? Right. And then... We don't have any secrets we don't want you to know about. <laughs> exactly. It's like, Psh, that's this This is part of the this is part of the cover-up. Rich people totally have butlers, right? It would be weird if we were just in this house cleaning it our rich selves. And so, yeah, Alfred becomes uh, Dick Grayson and Bruce Wayne's butler. And then he discovers the Batcave. And they freak out. And then he's like... Actually, I'm cool with it. And they're like, oh, well, I guess you're our butler forever then. And that was... Because <laughs> if we fire you, guess what people are going to find out? <laughs> right. And so every time we hear about Alfred Pennyworth, there's one or two bat stories. Either he was some military badass mm-hmm. special forces guy, or he was a classically trained theater actor. Yes. Post-Infinite Crisis does both he was in mi5 and then he decided to pursue his acting career but it was still his father's dying wish that he go take care of the waynes and so he becomes the waynes butler thomas and martha wayne are killed and he becomes bruce wayne's caregiver basically raises him now, in some versions, he, like, helps train Bruce. I know in the Earth-1 continuity, he helps train Bruce. But in the post-Infinite Crisis universe, he reluctantly agrees to help Bruce be Bat- yeah. Batman. And and now just, uh, hopefully, we have people listening who are also not as delved into comics as we might be. So when when Keaton's talking about post-crisis and he might talk about things, these are to help with people who track the different storylines of the comics. You don't have to, you know, really know what what Keaton's referring to to be able to track this character. But essentially, there are kind of like generational pockets uh, of storylines. And and what's so interesting is even in the same timelines, whenever there's a change in writers, writers will come in and be like, I'm going to do my own thing. Here's the real backstory. And it's like, oh, well, no one asked, but okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, I guess it has to get, I mean, DC has to approve it. So, but I don't know if they asked for it. Per like, yeah, like at one, <laughs> at one point, I know that uh, they introduced, Alfred has a daughter. I think her name's like yes. Julia or something like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he has a long lost daughter and she just shows up she's also a badass because that's just Mm -hmm. how british people are yeah british people in the dc universe just it's just in their blood and she also assists as the alfred type character when alfred gets does he get i can't remember if he gets sick something happens and alfred he got scarecrowed 
Oh, I think. There we go. <laughs> That's yeah. what happens in Gotham. <laughs> yep. That good old fear toxin. Watch out for running the gas. Through your veins. Right. Yeah. Right. The water's probably not safe either. I mean, yeah, because I mean, either, yeah, either you got to worry about the toxins in it or you got to worry about Killer Croc, right? He's just yeah. out there in the water too. And so. Not, not to mention the gangsters. You know, they probably dump a bunch of not so great things into that water too. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot, a lot of illegal activity always goes on near the water yeah. at the docks, right? You never want to be yeah. around the docks at night. There's always something shady. Yes. going on in but back but back to our wonderful alfred yeah yeah there, see that's 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 what's great about this park there's always something to explore always something. oh yes oh yeah we can come back to those sewers many a time in those docks but yes back to alfred so he raises bruce bruce goes off to train or whatever he comes back he's like i'm gonna be batman alfred does not want this mm-hmm. but he reluctantly agrees because he realizes that Bruce has basically put him in a position where either you can hit the road or you can help yeah. me. And he basically is like, I'm going to fulfill my promise to do everything I can to help Bruce. Well, not only, I mean, okay, so, all right, I'm helping this family, doing whatever. And then he literally becomes Bruce's guardian. Right. And so the the relationship that they develop is just one where I'm not sure if there is a storyline where where Alfred would ever consider even saying no. No, I'm, I'm I mean he's been pushed to his limits and kind of left Bruce or Batman for periods of time. But when it comes to that initial, here's what I'm gonna do. It's kind of like, um, well, I guess I'm along for the ride. Right, and I think that's one of the things that makes Alfred. So great. In this Batman family, he is always just the 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 focused point where it's like you can always count on me no matter what's going on. Unless you're talking about Christopher Nolan's Alfred, who just quit in the third movie and just Y'all, wasn't Alfred. He's super anymore. super salty about that movie. Yeah. I yeah. that'll be a good one for us to do. I think the 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 thing you said about it that really struck for me, you were like, just turn it off five minutes early and then it's great. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, <laughs> I'd say five, maybe 10, you know, but even, <laughs> you know, I've changed my mind about that. Just don't, don't watch it. I don't know. I just, yeah. I'm... Oh, we're going to have to do it for a podcast. King, <laughs> just so I can hear you be so salty. Yeah, just so you can hear me rage. But yeah, outside <laughs> of the Nolan verse, um, Alfred remains loyal till the very end yes sometimes literally especially in the dark knight returns frank, mm. frank miller i mean he has a heart attack passes away but he was still yep. there for the waynes by bruce until the very end but you brought up a very good point about how he becomes bruce guardian so before bruce even becomes batman he is his guardian he raises yeah he, he raises Bruce. Not only does he raise Bruce, but when Bruce is like, I'm going to draft all these child soldiers into my war on crime, Alfred's also just like, uh, okay. okay, I guess I'll make extra sandwiches. How do I make sure that these guys don't come, become sociopaths and serial killers? Right. Like, how do I? Yeah. Right. In, a, in, a, in the land of Gotham, where the only place to get therapy is Arkham Asylum, I got to make sure that they end up okay which yeah. cucumber sandwiches those are key that's all that's all it takes to not be yeah, really a psycho and don't get a doctorate right we talked about that don't get a doctorate in gotham or you'll probably end up a villain so okay for for the listeners who <laughs> don't see our text messages yesterday <laughs> in preparation keaton is sending me all of these little things about oh and then this criminal in Gotham has a doctorate, and this one's a doctor, and this one's a doctor, and hmm. Yeah. And I was like, you know. <laughs> All right, I guess I'm a yeah. villain in Gotham. I was like, yeah, Amelia, aren't you a doctor? And that's where I left yeah, it. Well. That's where I left it. So be the world's greatest detective and put things together as you will, you know? <laughs> so, Alfred, the patriarch, if you will, yeah. of the Batman family, because everyone looks up to... Alfred, you know, even when Jason Todd came back as Red Hood, he mm -hmm. had all the beef with Bruce, 
Yep. But he couldn't hate Alfred. No, I don't think anyone can. Like, no matter what happens, Alfred is always just there for them in any way that he can be. He is like yeah. the the ultimate cool grandpa, right? <laughs> and you, you actually... Um, when we were planning for this episode, you mentioned him being the patriarch of the family. Yeah. And that really struck me because I think a lot of times, okay, it's the Bat family. So you assume at the top is Batman. Mm-hmm. And I guess if you're not paying close attention, it can seem that way. But Alfred is literally woven in amongst all of these different narratives and and is really, I think, a, a, a just a, a necessary person and character to help Batman be able to traverse the world, right? The intensity yeah. of this character and, and, and what he brings, he almost needs a translator. Absolutely. On top of that, Alfred's also a field medic. So we have to ask ourselves, yes. how long would would Bruce have been Batman without Alfred? Ooh, I like this game. Right? Let's uh, let's let's play this let's play this game. I mean, I'm just sitting thinking about Batman Begins when Bruce goes out the first time and yeah. first time he gets hit with Scarecrow's fear toxin and he like yep. falls off the building and he's just screaming <laughs> into the mic, Alfred, help. I'm like he's he's all messed up and So imagine if Alfred was like literally just a butler. Right. He's going to just, like, come and dust you off. Don't worry, I'll get all the dirt from that rooftop off of you right. while if, you bleed yeah. to death. Yeah, what if he was just off the clock? Just like, yeah. uh, actually, it's after seven, so... Oh, man, can you imagine if Alfred was like, <laughs> you know what, I need to set healthy boundaries, and I'm going to have periods of time where I don't answer my phone. Right, but, like, but, and, but that's, and that's what's interesting. The, the healthy boundaries went out the window the moment the Waynes they're they're reading the will and they're like actually Alfred you're the kid's guardian now like that that's when (laughs) that's when healthy boundaries went out the window and I always wonder like did he know that was gonna happen like (laughs) (laughs) like hold up a minute right I tossed my kid out the window she's over in the UK I didn't sign up for this so, Keaton, I know you haven't watched Pennyworth yet. I haven't. I was gonna. To. I was going to ask you about that because you, you, yes. you have a leg up on me on that one. I do. I rarely have a leg up on you. I'm so excited by that. So, I really like Pennyworth. Uh, so, especially, I would say, like, it doesn't. It's one of those stories that's really interesting. It doesn't need to be in the Batman universe, but it's it's really cool. It. It really looks at Alfred. He's like out of the army or he's out of the military. Sorry, I'm talking like he's not in Great Britain, but you know, he's out of the special forces and Her he's Majesty's just kind Secret of, Service. Yes. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm used to working with veterans over on this side of the ocean. The red, white, um, and blue. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Never mind the same colors. But anyway. Oh yeah, that's 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 true. <laughs> We claim them because we are American. Yeah, those are our colors now. <laughs> so what's really cool, though, is it does show the relationships that he has with his family, that he has with other people he was in the military with, which is really cool. It's a really great representation of, of veterans. Um, but it also shows some development of his relationships with the Waynes. Mm-hmm. And what I think is really cool about that is it, kind of gives a little bit more of a story that I, I don't know you, if you see anywhere else as to why it would even make sense for him to take on this role yeah. for Bruce, but also why that tie would just be so strong as opposed to other stories where it seems like, okay, he's the butler, but then somehow they just really connect and, and bond really closely, either it's before or after their death. So with Pennyworth, so I guess Alfred is the main character. Yes. And then, so Thomas and Martha are still alive. At yes, this, they're at also this point. in it. So it's, it's, uh, they're, yeah, they're not even in the United States in season one. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's got some cool stuff. You're going to have to watch it. You know, hopefully it gets popular enough. Other people watch it too, because it's actually got some really cool mental health stuff in there too that oh, I would cool. be super jazzed to talk about. Okay. Yeah. Season awesome. one's got some really great stuff in there. I will check it out. I will check out P 
Kenneworth, definitely. Yes. But yeah, Alfred, you know, I think you've got a good point, though. In most stories, it does seem like they were just haphazardly put together. And while Alfred does set some boundaries with Bruce slash Batman from time to time, um, like, you know, sometimes he makes him eat or sleep or rest or... (laughs) Um, he kind of, though, he has to like essentially force Batman to have boundaries and, and then he supposedly can step back from that role, but it really is like a 24 seven thing. Cause it's not just like you said, then he's got all of his sidekicks and other people over the years that have built up. I mean, yeah. Alfred's got like a 24 seven job to an extent that I'm not sure anyone else has. It's a hard life. And Sometimes it seems like it might even go unappreciated, but yeah. just because he he really does get us all. But then every now and then, uh, some I feel like some of the most feel heavy moments is when you see how much Bruce uh, appreciates yes. Alfred. Like I think it was Batman Annual number three. It was all about uh, Father's Day. Oh yeah. And and Bruce basically. Like it, it was all about Alfred and how Bruce has accepted Alfred as the closest thing he has to a father figure. It was a really sweet story. And yeah, he does everything that a parent does, everything that a field medic does, everything yep. that a butler and cleaner does. Yep. And even an actor, right? I mean, that's the biggest acting career of your life is to pretend like... Bruce Wayne's just, you know, normal Joe Schmo millionaire. That's that's a very good point. Like having having that secret to keep as a civilian, if you will, mm-hmm. has to has to be heavy, right? Because there are only a handful of people that know about the fact that Bruce and his three or four children <laughs> that are seem to conveniently show up when he's got a new sidekick. Right, Batman. are Batman and the three or four Robins. It. So shocking. <laughs> I think in the comic books, I think that's how Vicky Vale figures out that she's not an idiot. Right. That uh, Bruce Wayne is Batman. It's because of the Robins. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I'm sure Alfred Alfred had to help out with the social work side of things, probably in that adoption process. Right. Because I mean, Bruce Wayne's persona isn't is not the person. <laughs> It's not father material, right. shall we say. Right. That's a, that's a very good point. He has he has money. That's true. That's, that's true. That, that, He's got money. That always keeps the gears turning. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow, this guy's an alcoholic, possibly a sex addict. It's He's all right. It's all right. always partying, and he wants to adopt. How many, how many children is this now? Oh, he wants to adopt another child. Okay. Uh, I, uh, he, he gave my kid a scholarship so you know what let's just let's just make it happen he can have another kid yeah well one of the things that's really striking to me with alfred is yeah the the love between alfred and bruce wayne really is like this intense father-son relationship that really i mean is is just so strong for so many reasons not only have they really only had each other Right. At a very young age for Bruce when he was going through all of these just really important years. But then there's the Batman component and everything it takes to support that yes. that whole vow that Bruce Wayne has. And I was actually, I was telling you earlier, so I'm rereading Tom King's um, rendition of Batman, which is like my favorite. Yeah, and it's awesome. So when it comes to Alfred, um, there's a point where I forget if it's a recording or a letter, but he essentially writes something to Bruce. And it's just so striking how loving it is, how caring it is. And it's all this thing of this desperate desire for him to be able to be Bruce Wayne, to really be the epitome of who he is as a person without the need for Batman to always be present. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, he actually saw how Batman was essentially necessary for Bruce Wayne to survive his parents' death. True. And really trying to balance that. He's almost in like this tortured state because he's he's seeing this, this 
choice that Bruce Wayne made to morph himself over time and how necessary it was for him to move forward. And yet Alfred knows what sacrifice that means. And he desperately wants to add that human component back in for Bruce. So I do have a, a question. Ooh. What, what mental capacity does it take to be Alfred? Because, I mean, like we just talked about, there's so many different roles. Parent. Yeah. Field medic. Support. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. he, he helps with breaking down the crime scenes and help mm-hmm. crack codes like in the new Batman movie. Also, like, um, that mansion's not small. And we right. don't know of anybody else cleaning that place. Right. And cooking the meals. It's and... massive. Right? Yeah. It's massive. Meanwhile, I can't keep my kitchen sink empty. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And like when you whenever they show on Gotham City, on the outside of Gotham City, there's only two things out there. There's Arkham Asylum that's in the mm-hmm. deep dark woods where creepy asylums would be, and then there's Wayne Manor that's probably somehow larger than Arkham Asylum. Like it's Yeah, well. This those are the two things on the outskirts of Gotham, yeah. and I don't even think that interstates exist. I don't even know how people get into <laughs> Gotham. Like, whenever they show it in movies, it's just, there's a bridge leading into Gotham, and then... Yep. And then the Batmobile sometimes comes out, somehow comes out of a waterfall, and... Right, right. And then he's in Gotham. But it yeah. always comes across the bridge, which, if I were fishing off that bridge, I'd be like, huh. Interesting. Interesting. Batman must work at Arkham Asylum. Or perhaps, or it's Bruce Wayne. <laughs> to quote Shang Chi, or <laughs> and then he goes and he just sees Batman doing karaoke over at Arkham Asylum. Right. But yeah, yeah. So you were asking this great question of okay, so so what mental what capacity? Like, how does yeah. someone keep it together being <laughs> that guy? Because I'm not gonna lie, when I think about it, I think. Alfred might be more impressive than Batman. You know, that's a great comment where I think a lot of times just in general, we put so much on the face of something, right? right? So who is the face of a creation or an entity um, or, or a creation? And we forget about the support behind the scenes. Right. And, and this is, I, you had a really good point that somehow I've managed for years not to really think about. What if Alfred was just a butler? How long would Batman have gone on? Maybe 20 minutes if he was lucky, right? Because, right. I mean, th- especially those first few years, he's getting beat up a lot, right? right? Because half the time it's like, hey, Alfred, do this, order this. I don't even know if Bruce knows how to use Amazon, right? Like Alfred does everything. Yeah, and and like like we've been talking about, right? Okay, let's say Batman's out. That doesn't mean that Alfred just gets to sit around and and do whatever, right? right. He's he's doing things behind the scenes, gathering information from what Batman is filming or or taking and analyzing on the computer. Uh, he's helping to just kind of track where he's at, making sure things are okay. Oh, and then there's the giant mansion to take care of. Right. So, yeah, I I think the first thing I want to say that hopefully will be a relief to all of us as human beings is I don't think Alfred's character is humanly possible in the real world. Right. <laughs> right. Agreed. Yeah, it's just not possible. But, you know, I I think you're hitting the nail on the head, which is this is someone who is highly functional. What's interesting is, you know, we talk about Batman and how he has this vow and how committed he is and all the sacrifice. Alfred has the same kinds of sacrifice, and yet it's in a different way. Right. Because he's able to make connections with people and do these things. And it's probably because he's the support staff. Right. So for him, he might be able to do a lot of more of these inner workings and things while getting fed by maybe having some better connections. Batman does a lot of things on his lonesome, quote unquote, right. so to speak, um, although he does have all the support from Alfred, where Alfred probably has all these connections and linkages with other people that keep him more afloat than than Batman versus Batman has Alfred right. and the rest of the Bat family when he hasn't pissed him off too much. Plus, on top of that, I feel like Alfred bears all of the fear 
Yes. Because he he watches all the people that he gives care to leave the house night after night, and Mm -hmm. he's hoping and praying that they come back safely. Meanwhile, they're out there, and they're just like, I'm just kicking ass and taking names, right? Like, that's Mm -hmm. just what they do. Batman has, like, tunnel vision. He's like, well, Killer Croc's on the loose. Gotta go fight him. And Alfred's like, you don't have to. (laughs) And literally, too, Batman's like, I'm going to take all of my fear, and I'm going to deflect it onto everybody else so that everyone else fears. And I am going to just pretend mine's not there. But it does... it. But yeah, it's it's more kind of than Alfred takes it on. I'm going to be afraid for you. <laughs> right, right. Like I remember in Batman Arkham Origins, it's all set on Christmas Eve and Black Mask, it's Joker disguised as Black Mask, hires like several assassins to kill Batman. And, and Bruce is like, well, I got to go take them out. And Alfred's like, they don't know that you're Batman. Like, you could just stay here and mission accomplished. And he's like, nah, got to go beat him up. Now, for like, yep. it's it's Christmas Eve. They're literally trying to kill Batman. They've been hired $50 million to kill Batman. Why don't you just stay here and they yeah. won't kill Batman? Yeah. It is interesting because it takes a certain person to be the face of of the superheroism right particularly if you don't have powers which in the bat family that tends to be the case right so you have all these people that i mean we'll hit on some of the other relationships as we go and and some like dick grayson right is probably one of the the healthiest representations you could be as a superhero who's human i would say definitely him and yeah him and him and barbara i think are oh yeah totally barbara too yep so, so they get close, but it takes something. It takes a certain something to be the person that chooses to go out and do that. Right. Versus Alfred chooses not to do that. Okay, I mean, I guess he's of a certain age at, at this point. But still, like right. like we said, this guy's got skills, right? right? Like he could be going out and doing some stuff. He's choosing to stay behind. He's got a different approach to these things and i would say maybe like a level-headedness that is really necessary to make sure everything's working behind the scenes right like can you imagine with i mean without alfred nothing would work right literally nothing so he's he you're asking what kind of mental capacity he has to have he has to be emotionally very strong because yes there's tons of fear and it's realistic fear there is just the constant being on at all times, which is very, very draining. He also, though, has to be extremely organized and just have a really high capacity to move and learn quickly and to know what is needed before it's needed. Right. I mean, this is a really analytical person to, to the extent that Batman would be, I would say. Alfred does it all flawlessly he 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 runs the bat cave like the chick-fil-a drive-through it just somehow miraculously works no matter how insane except on sundays except on sundays right okay so he's better he's He's even better better, right like i'm the the more we talk about it i'm like you know alfred would make a great president he would he, I think I'd he be down would, for that. Right. He'd be way better than Lex Luthor. Who thought that was a good idea? Eh. <laughs> you would want Lex Luthor as president. No, oh. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, honestly, no, not. he would have been a great president if not for Superman. Uh, and that's fair. You know, we can talk about that later. We can talk yeah, about yeah, that that's later. A, we'll have I, to flag I feel, that topic for later. <laughs> I, I feel for Lex Luthor because um, I, I do. Because uh, he, do you think do you do you relate to Lex Luthor? I, I didn't say that. I said I feel for him. I said I feel uh-huh. for him because I mean, mm-hmm. all right, you gotta all right. Before we get back to Alfred, we can <laughs> just give me thirty seconds here. All Lex right, Luthor, counting. smartest man on the planet, and he sees this all-powerful being that could destroy Earth just like that, and he's like, hey, should this guy remain unchecked? And Superman's like. I'm from Kansas, and he's like, I also wouldn't trust people from Kansas, right? Like, and so, like, I, I halfway understand. Uh, you're kind of winning me over because you know who you also just described? Batman. 
Batman. <laughs> right. Oh, no. My brain is. Right. Oh, oh gosh. I'm getting all twisty. Oh, okay, we're definitely going to have to hit on that in another podcast. Yes. But back to Alfred. Yeah. So Alfred so is, I, I think in order for him to do what he does, he definitely has to uh, be a, a, a type A person. Yes. But mm-hmm. also be very, very good at improvising. Which, which can both be true. Yeah. Right? So, you know, a type A person, yes, tends to be very planful and organized. But you can also do that very quickly, right? And your brain kind of analyze things in a, a faster fashion. Which, you know, you kind of see, too, because Alfred tends to have a wit to him. Right? He's so and- sassy. He's so sassy, which um, I was joking with someone who's British the other day. I was like, I mean, really, isn't that just how all British people are? Right. It's, it's just natural. <laughs> it's natural. But but they always make sure he's got that wit and sass to him, which I think is just kind of the it's coming out in the personality. Right. So you're analytical, but you're also very quick about it. Right. right. This is not someone who takes a really long time to learn or to adjust to something. Right. And so, like, if you look at the daily life of Alfred, I'm sitting here imagining it. it's like 4 a.m. Batman comes back. He sews up where and gives Batman antibiotics from where he got, like, mm. bit by Croc and sews his wounds, um, checks for concussions, because there's also just an x-ray machine that has to be in the sure. Batcave. So Alfred's also a radiology technician, right? He just has to be that person, right? There's no yep. there's no one else there. You know, Lex Luthor might not be the smartest man in the world, or the smartest person in the world, I should say. Right, exactly. And so, all Alfred's right. has got to know a lot, yeah. So that's from like 4 to 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, uh, people are going to be like, he, he has to check all of Bruce's emails and figure out an alibi for why he's not going to make another meeting. <laughs> Seven o'clock, he goes to buy groceries, right? Because... Oh, I didn't even think about groceries. Right, acid reflux can't stop Batman, right? And so, got to make sure that Pepto-Bismol stopped. Got to make sure that there are fresh bagels that won't be eaten. Mm, right? Yeah. He has to do... All of these things, and at some point, sleep? So, you know, what I was just thinking about is he might sleep less than Batman slash Bruce Wayne, right? Because he has to be awake during the day, right? Yeah, he's got to be awake doing stuff. And and half the time when Bruce is asleep, it's because Alfred's drugged him. Because he has to, (laughs) right? To make him go to sleep. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Right? That's true. So... So, I mean, like, he, you're having to do all these things. Like, yeah, the, this man is up a lot of the time doing a lot of things. Uh, you know, he's got to hire some people on the side and just not tell Bruce about it. Right. Right. He's got to, right? Yeah. Like, and honestly, if if we were talking about how it really was, like, obviously, there are several waiters yeah. at a, yeah. several people doing things at the billionaire's mansion i mean who who washes the batmobile he can't just run Mm. it through a car wash right well that's what the waterfall when he enters and exits gotham is for that's fair that's fair because i mean what they're they're in a bat cave bat poop gets on things right yeah (laughs) like the more i think about it the more i'm impressed with alfred pennyworth well and and here's another thing to consider about alfred pennyworth Okay, let's say he works the computer, he cleans the house, he does all the things for this person he really cares for like it's his son. It's essentially his son, right? Right. That's different than patching him up. Yes. Sending him out, helping him on missions that you know he's risking his life, right? The things that he's doing are actually things too. This is another thing. This, he is a, a, an extremely excellent compartmentalizer. Right. Because, you know, one of the first things that they teach you when you become a, either a medical doctor or a mental health doctor, you don't treat the people that you care about. Right. And there's a reason for that. It's so hard to divide those from each other, separate those things in a way that it's effective. 
mental health stuff, it gets a little more complicated because it's it's about the relationship that you're building. Um, but with the medical side, it's still there. And it's a lot of it's hard for Alfred and easy for, for Batman, right? Because Batman's just getting patched up. Right. He's not the one having to see someone that he loves and cares for like a son in this manner that he then has to find a way to try and save. Right. And, and 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 he's able to continue doing it for the most part. Every now and then he's like, you've pushed me too far. I've got to hold a line here. But it's always to try, even then, to help Batman and Bruce Wayne kind of recalibrate himself and get back on track. There's always this this focus of caring and love for him. Yeah, and um, and what's also so difficult about that is because I feel like even though there's all this love, I feel like Bruce still sets these boundaries of you work for me like from time to time it Mm. doesn't happen often but it's one of those things like i feel like batman is still constantly at some point like i don't have to do what you say you work for me yeah right and that's got to be difficult right because it's like dude i raised you yeah i've cleaned your snotty nose right i wiped your butt right i guess bruce was old enough where he's probably wiping his own butt but uh yeah you know and i mean you're right about that i think part of that too though would be happening even if there wasn't the like work relationship and also like does he pay alfred does alfred have a like there's a whole all these questions but right but even so like some of that kind of feels like the son father tensions too right like um you know the he's he he's his father but he's not his father right right? he had his father he remembers his father and yet he has these two very strong paternal figures in his life but there's also this kind of fight and argument and tension over he's now an adult yes right that's true and 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 he's taken adulthood with a vengeance Right. And 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 also grew up very, very quickly. And so I think they even their their father son relationship, as unique as it was already, is even more unique because he was essentially raising a young adult. Right. Right. So someone who grew up very, very quickly, given all this trauma and his reaction to it. And and Alfred's just trying to keep up. And so I think some of the times when he's treating Alfred more like help, right, or someone mm-hmm. he's hired, I almost wonder if some of it's that sort of tension too, the kind of father son, like I'm I'm no longer a child. You you can't control me kind of thing. That's true. And and it's it's funny because I feel like the dynamic between uh Bruce and Alfred you constantly see different sides of it, especially if you're only looking at the movies. Because, like, Keaton Batman, mm. Alfred's basically just a butler that knows Bruce's Batman. Yeah. He doesn't do a lot. But then when you move to uh, Val Kilmer's Batman, Alfred is uh, helping Dick Grayson cope with his parents' death and at one yes. point, Bruce even gets mad at Alfred because at uh, Dick is like, I want to help fight crime, too. And uh, Bruce is adamant in saying no, mm-hmm. but Alfred is encouraging him and kind of pushing him, like, become the Which man. interesting because you'd think it'd be the opposite. Right. Alfred's like, become the man you want to be. And Bruce is upset because he's like, you're encouraging him. Like, what are you doing? Then you move to George Clooney, Batman. Alfred gets sick. Mm, yeah. And Bruce and Dick are distraught and trying to figure out how to cure him. And Mr. Freeze, in the end, helps cure Alfred of... I can't remember what the what the disease was that he had that he was suffering from. But you see, like, all these different takes of Alfred. Yeah. And then there's the Nolan Alfred, who is great for like one and a half movies yeah oh keaton yeah yeah you know as you're talking about him too i'm just struck by it's almost like like alfred and 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 bruce or batman you know however you identify him as what his major character is but it's almost like they're they're not complete without each other right right like batman is this powerhouse and yet 
we're talking about how he can't function without Alfred. And I'm also just kind of struck. It, it, it's, it's like Alfred balances out Batman, right? And I was talking earlier about like yeah. translating for him, connecting, right? It's almost like there were parts. It, Bruce purposefully set aside parts of his connection to other people and things that connect him to the human experience, like fear, for example, and how he deals with these things. He set them aside. Mm-hmm. But I almost feel like part of how he was able to do that is he knew that Alfred would pick them up and take on those pieces for him. Here's here's my next question, because we were talking about how Alfred more or less raised Bruce after his parents died. Do you think that at some point Alfred probably saw what Bruce was kind of becoming and leaning towards? Or do you think that it kind of just caught him off guard when Bruce shows up and he's like, I'm going to be Batman. Like, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder how it happened because you got to think if this were a real situation, like I would immediately be thinking therapy mm. after no matter what way a child loses their parents, no sure. matter what happened, I would immediately think, get this kid into therapy. Like he's going to need a lot of help. Right. Mm. Well, and a lot of times, too, it's not – I mean, of course, you know, a child that loses parents, especially in, in – I mean, literally, Bruce Wayne, like, witnesses their deaths, and, and, a, and it's violent, done by another person, right? So there's a lot about this that would make it difficult for the child, of course. But also for the people trying to support the child. What do I do? How do I help someone when I can't – I can't do what would what, – what really would fix this, which is – keep it from ever happening that's too late and and actually i mean alfred probably has immense guilt that he's had to work through in terms of that right especially the character we know him today because theoretically he has skill sets where he might have been able to keep the family safe right absolutely so yeah there's I I think there's difficulty for everyone how how do you support one another when these terrible things happen that we we cannot undo and i mean i think it i guess it depends on which storyline we're talking about right in terms of how this looks like sometimes i think it is a little bit more of the like okay i can tell he's going off and doing something funky and now you're back and you're dressing as a what now um but then other times it's like oh you know i i watched how you struggled and i watched how you took it and created this vow out of what is happening and saw how it took these pieces of Bruce as a child and almost transformed him into his future, a future self based out of this, where it wasn't, I guess, as much of a, a surprise. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, he had to have wondered, right? right? He had to have wondered, like, what do I do? How do I? And and you can tell sometimes he tries to, he tries to put people in Bruce Wayne's path or in Batman's path to help him find maybe a, a better way. And the cool thing is he doesn't try to force him, which is good because a lot of times we see someone going down a path and we're like, eh, I don't know about that. We try and stop them, right? And if we try and stop someone, what what do we do if someone tries to stop us and we want to do something? We dig in our heels and we say, "Well, I'm gonna go do it." And that's right. And, and you know that's got to be so difficult for Alfred because from Alfred's point of view, one, he's upset because he couldn't save Dwayne's. Mm-hmm. Two, you have to wonder how he's feeling as Bruce's parent and guardian. Yeah. That he's like, "Am I a bad parent?" Because <laughs> I was supposed to raise him, and this ended with him leaving every night to go beat theatrical villains and their henchmen to a pulp literally every night of the week. I messed up. Did your kid kid choose to turn into a superhero? No, no, that was just me? Yeah, not yet. He might. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It is kind of one of those things, right, where, where he's probably constantly having to balance that piece of, what can I do to put him on the best path possible while also recognizing that there's only so much that you can do? Right. And I mean, there are definitely times where he talks about like, I failed 
Bruce. I wasn't what he needed at the time, but I did all I could. Right. But in, but at other times, I mean, it highlights how he tries to help guide him to be the healthiest version of himself that, that Bruce is choosing to be. Right. Right. Which is what we want parents to to do. Right. Like I have a I have a two year old. And as much as I like Batman, um, I would definitely want to do everything in my power <laughs> to hope he doesn't become Batman, right? Don't act like you don't dress him like Batman on a daily basis. I do, I do, but I, I don't dress him like the, the Batman that obviously has mental health issues. It's just he looks really cute in a Batman costume. I, it's not something I'm striving for. for yeah, for you're him. just striving... You're just striving for him to love Batman, as you do. Have, to be a billionaire with a rocket car. All right, that's fair. Right. That pays I think, his. I think we can all that pays for that. his fair share in taxes. <laughs> that too, <laughs> right? I don't want him to. Yeah, <laughs> die hero. Well, that's the thing, though, right? Or live so, long so, enough to become a villain. <laughs> so your kids too. Right. And I bet that there are things where you're like, why can't I just change his mind on this? He's only two. Right. He's not like a, he, he's not an adult yet. Why right. is this seem, <laughs> why is this so hard, right? Right. So imagine the stubbornness, because they talk a lot about how stubborn a, a child and an adult Bruce Wayne is, right? So the very stubborn person who has convictions, once he settles on something, that's what he's doing. And, and that's your kid, right? And right. it's, okay, so, all right, my kid's going to dress up as a bat. What do I do? Right, because, um, you know, there, there had to be a time where Alfred realized, like, I am not going to be able to change his mind anymore with chocolate chip exactly. cookies and ice cream. It's not going to cut it. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing, right, is, is okay, I cannot change his mind. Because he tries. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are areas where, you know, he... he He's like, oh, man, are you really sure about Give this? Give this up. Like, you could be happy. Yeah. Look. Yeah. Look at this hot chick that that wandered this way, and I told her to go say hi to you. Remember her? Yeah. And he's <laughs> like, oh, wow, that's cool, but, uh, you know, Riddler's killing people again. But okay. the night. Right. Yes. It's like Riddler's yeah. killing people again. It's like, but you could – she's really yeah. she's really awesome. Yeah. And she yeah. would, she'd be good for and, you. And he's like, justice. Like, and, and it's, you know, like <laughs> – vengeance (laughs) (laughs) he's lucky though right they're lucky that they're in a world where what bruce is choosing it rids him of a lot of happiness and joy and connection but it doesn't put him in a place where he completely falls apart and isn't able to function that's true and 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 he could alfred sees i think the potential of of if if he could not find some really significant driving force, he saw the signs that that Bruce Wayne really could break down um, in a very scary way. And so I, I think he was like, you know what? The lesser of two evils. This is better than the other options. How do I keep him right. kind of as human as possible right. while he's doing these inhuman feats. I'm just going to I'm just going you know, I can't control the destination of the ship, but I can make sure it doesn't hit any icebergs. Exactly. <laughs> or at least the icebergs, you know, I shave off the sharp edges a little bit, there we right? Go. There we go. There go. Just roll. Yeah, he's still bumping into some. Uh, yeah, it, like I don't think anyone rolls with the punches quite like Alfred does. Mm-mm. Right. Yeah, not at all. I mean, he's definitely. Yeah, the more I think about it, the the more I think he's just, just an incredibly healthy mentality. Like, is he perfect? Of course not. No human is perfect. Not even Superman. His stinking way is perfect, right? Like, uh, none of these characters are perfect. It's why we love them because they they have these realistic pieces. But he really, like you said, he's just able to take on a lot. Not just activities that he takes on but there's just a lot of mental and emotional load that once again he carries for the people who go out and do the acrobatics so that they can actually go and do it right and the thing and he has an in on what they're really feeling like even like you just mentioned superman like if superman really wants to know how bruce is doing he asks alfred because he knows yes. that he knows Batman isn't going to tell him, right? 
Right. Like same thing with uh with Dick and Jason and Tim and Barbara. Like if something's going on with Bruce and he's not saying anything, first person they go to. Yep. Alfred, yep. what's really going on? Yep. And 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 Alfred is the one that the also with Bruce, right? Yeah. So he's a lot of times Batman doesn't even necessarily know he needs something yet, right? It, it, it's that anticipation and Alfred's always there and he's offering things up and, and they almost have this like unspoken connection where he's doing the same in the other direction. Yeah. 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 He's, yeah, he's, he's remarkable. He, he really is a remarkable, uh, remarkable character. And yeah. And you know who, who Superman is afraid to get on the bad side of? Alfred. Alfred. And I and I love it. Right. I love that. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to. Yeah. No one wants to be on Al if you're on Alfred's bad side. Ooh, buddy. Right. Like if 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 that would put you on the bad side of the entire Bat family. And that's scary because you know Red Hood plays for keeps. Like <laughs> depending on <laughs> what mood Jason Todd's in, that might just be it for you, right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Gosh. So um, I have a mindful nerd moment, if we're ready for it. Okay. A Pennyworth nerd moment. A Pennyworth nerd moment. I'm always always excited. I'm going to get comfy. Yes. So getting comfy is always key. So what I decided to do for him is I was like, okay, what would, what could, what could Alfred use a little bit of? So you were mentioning earlier how... Man, this guy's doing a lot of stuff. He's always having to be on point. How in the world he's doing it? Oh, and also, you're probably scared, terrified, and worried most of the time because all the people you care about seem to always want to put themselves in front of a bullet, right? Right. So I chose a one of usually the starter kind of mindful activities that, that we'll do with people. It, it's a nice starter. And it focuses on deep breathing. Sometimes people call it deep breathing, diaphragmatic breathing, abdominal breathing. Essentially, we're just trying to take some nice, slow, deep breaths. And the reason this is a nice starter one is, uh, one, I'm assuming you're already breathing because you've been talking to me for a while. So you're alive, right? So I try to be. If, <laughs> we, we try to be, right? It's all we can do. So we're already breathing. And when we're tense or anxious or... Um, doing a bunch of stuff a lot of times what happens is we hold our breath or it gets irregular in some way it gets shallow and really what we're trying to do is shift from that more anxious state to something a little bit more relaxed so that you're getting your your blood flowing your oxygen flowing and you can actually focus and pay attention to what you need to overall all right so so it's using what you're already doing your breathing uh, it tends to be really effective, and you can do it really quickly. Okay. You can do a few deep breaths, or you can take a few minutes. And so I was like, okay, what can Alfred do? Because he's like literally in the middle of something all the time. Deep breaths. So getting comfy. Right. Um, when it comes to getting comfy, trying to just make sure that, that you you feel solidly seated. Um, so you're... If, if, you're, if someone's sitting in a chair listening, then your feet are flat on the floor. Um, trying to make sure that, that you're comfortable. You're not tense, but you're not, you know, you're, you're not kind of leaning at any awkward angles either. Right. And so um, what I'd encourage you is either hang in your arms just loosely by your sides or you can uh, put them in your lap. And first, let's just, if you're comfortable with it, closing your eyes. Or if it's your preference, you can also just unfocus your gaze. So just kind of look at a boring old corner in the room and 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 make sure you're you're not paying any close attention to anything. So as you're doing this, just notice what your breath is at first. Notice what it's like to like to breathe. How does it feel? And just take a few moments to pay attention to it without worrying about changing anything about the breath. And next, I'd like for you to take several deep breaths. And I like to encourage counting silently to yourself. You can think in one, two, three. 
three, and then out one, two, three. And as you continue to breathe, if you're able to, breathe in through your nose. If you're not, it's okay to do it through the mouth. And then exhale through your mouth. Once again, thinking to yourself, in, one, two, three, out, one, two, three. As you notice your breath, pay attention to where the air goes once it is inside your body. Breathing in, one, two, three, and out, one, two, three. Do your best to try and make sure the air is moving all the way to the bottom of your lungs, down into your abdomen. It can help to even put one of your hands on your stomach so that as you inhale, you notice your breath going deep into your abdomen with your hand rising and then falling as you breathe out again. With an in, one, two, three, and an out, one, two, three. When you breathe deeply, the air comes deeper into your lungs and delivers fresh and rejuvenating oxygen to your muscles. Just pay attention to keeping on breathing in a slow manner, really filling your lungs all the way down deep into your abdomen, and then making sure when you exhale that you let all that air back out. And now let's just take one more deep breath in, one, two, three, and then out, one, two, three. Before we start to bring ourselves back to the room that we're in, feeling the floor beneath you or the chair underneath you, noticing the air, how it feels on your skin, Starting to move your hands and legs, maybe moving your head from side to side, just getting used to getting back into the room as we finish this exercise. So how was that, Keaton? That was really good. Um, I'm starting to feel like there is a, uh, a, a running theme uh -huh. with the Mindful Nerd Moments. And I think that theme is whatever's going on mentally can manifest itself physically and vice versa. Yes. Uh, and, and so if you can, no matter how out of control things are, if you can just kind of focus and get yourself physically mm -hmm. under control, you can start to get yourself under control mentally. And then on the other side of that the same thing goes if you can kind of just control your mind and focus your mind on something elsewhere or either like focus it on a particular thing that is not making you nervous your mm. body will begin to calm down and like those like those those like uh physical the physical anxiousness like that will yes. start to kind of break down and go away so it's all about uh it's there, there's a lot of self-control yes and you know i i preferred when you said focus versus control mm -hmm. only because a lot of times we think control we think manipulate and that's true it, it can almost right bring its own sense of tension like okay i've got to take control versus focus is more kind of tuning yourself right i'm gonna attune myself to to a specific thing and, and you're right, the, the mental and the physical, at least in, in Western medicine, a lot of times we've separated those things. And it doesn't make sense. The brain's attached to the rest of us, True. right? True. And so absolutely, part of it is how do we try and pull something to a more relaxed state just to put us in a better headspace, right? So let's say Alfred's starting to get really overwhelmed and anxious. Mm -hmm. 
you can get so anxious you're you're the thinking part of your brain literally shuts down. So let me take a few deep breaths, bring that tension down so I can focus on what Batman needs me to do right now, right? And then some of these nerd mindful nerd moments are also going to be about noticing all of it, right? So sometimes we're going to notice things that make us feel relaxed and other times we might notice things that make us feel anxious and True. all of it is okay. That, that's a good point. Right. That's a good point. I'm I am one hundred percent sure that there are times when Alfred Pennyworth has to tell himself, you know what? Just breathe. Yep. <laughs> We've been here before. Yep. Last Wednesday was just like this. <laughs> Poor Alfred. Here we go again. Right? Just Absolutely. Yeah. So just breathe. Thanks for nerding out with us. I'm clinical psychologist, Dr. Amelia Brown. You can find me at Crafting the Mind on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And I'm comic enthusiast and nerd aficionado, Keaton Hopkins. You can find me and my friends' movie reviews and reaction videos at TeamJVS.com or on YouTube at TeamJVS. For more information on this and other topics, check out our website at bat-therapy.com. To keep current on episodes and other updates, subscribe to our Bat Therapy YouTube channel or follow us on social media. We'll see you next week. Same Bat time, same Bat channel.